0: Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall.
1: Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or the Graham Aaron underscore Dugan.
0: We have legitimately big news to discuss on the pod today. Mitch Light of The Athletic, a former co-worker of both of ours, is gonna join us on the show and we're gonna have a long conversation about playoff expansion because Aaron Dugan, it's not just a fiction of our a fiction? A figment? Figment. A figment of Words. our imagination. It's not a fiction. It's nonfiction. We are going to have an actual playoff expansion conversation around things that are actually going to happen in college football, and it is of huge benefit to the SEC. So we're going to talk about that with Mitch Light coming up a little bit later on in the show. We will talk about some of some of why the SEC should be the loudest and proudest on this issue right now. Um, and then we'll have a little fun sort of letting our minds wander with... What could a playoff look like for SEC teams? We'll do some of that today on the show. However, Fringe Element is brought to you by
1: Jaspers. It's a friendly You're...
0: neighborhood watering hole where you. Yeah, can I was going to say sports. you
1: normally do the tagline.
0: Yeah, you year. can watch you can watch sports and eat good food. Jaspers solving the problem of shitty bar food at sports bars by giving you really good food at a sports bar to watch sporting events. It's a problem in this country. It's an epidemic, and uh, Jaspers is on the, the forefront the, the front lines of battling this war against bad bar food.
1: Jaspers is on, also on the the front lines of risk taking and letting us come up with copy and verbiage yeah. for their ads at um, potentially detriment to them. But we love it,
0: which is why Jasper's is going out of its way to help mothers and wives or special ladies in your life. Again, the contest that began last week on the show. Just get a photo of your mom acting crazy as a sports fan in front of our face. We still have. We had a couple of people submit some options. So if you submit a photo of your mom and uh, we'll pick a winner on this show in a couple of weeks and or I guess next week and the winner will get a free $200 ish gift basket full of awesome stuff from Jasper sent directly to their mom and or wife Uh, on Mother's Day. We will do the mailing. All you got to do is send us a picture of your mom. It's great.
1: Crazy, super dedicated, just decked out in gear can be from any event if she's divided down the middle and like lsu and florida gear and she's super crazy sec house divided fan maybe she gets an extra point but we don't yep. really care yep. what sporting sport team sport team sport team <laughs> sport team that she's uh representing. Who's, gonna, be. who's
0: gonna win the footy game today
1: who's gonna win foot game today <laughs> um but yeah just get it in front of our face and then we'll pick a winner and there's a bunch of cool stuff in that basket i'm obviously biased because brayden and i kind of picked it out ourselves with the help of um, our friends at jasper's but there's a really awesome nashville hat from nash collection in there which is yeah. a big time brand here in town and everybody loves it especially the female population so your mom slash wife slash mother of your child might love you more if you get it for her.
0: so we will give you a little bit more about that a little bit later on in the show and a question Submitted by fellow 440 Sports co-host uh, Adam Vingen of The Athletic on the Gold Standard Podcast, which you should listen to, of course, Probably a a Predators fan, ask, has a question for you, Aaron, that uh, we're going to ask you, because you guys were feuding there for a little while, then the feud side it sort of died down, and now I think I'm starting to, like, I want to get the beef back going again, so he's got a question for you later on in the show, we'll, we'll answer that. Uh, the ultimate up.
1: pot stirrer. Yes.
0: All right, so there's playoff expansion, and... I sort of just like glossed over the release on Friday afternoon that there have been 63 different types of things that college football powers that be are deciding and looking at potential six, eight, 10, 12, and 16 team playoff formats being discussed right now. We'll we'll get, again, spend a lot of time talking about all the details with Mitch light uh, coming up in a little bit on the show, but I just, your, your thoughts on when I say, Playoff expansion, as an SEC football fan, what's the first thing that sort of hits you and what's the the first thing that comes to mind?
1: Um, Money, and (laughs) we knew, I mean, that's my real answer. I'm excited for some teams to get a shot at, potentially, depending on the format, get a shot that wouldn't otherwise have it. Um, I am also not surprised that it's happening sooner rather than later, especially with the year we just had in sports. And the number 7.2 billion also comes to mind which is the dollar amount, potential dollar amount ESPN contract. So that probably had something to do with it, but we're going to try at some certain points to talk about, you know, the expansion and why it should be exciting outside of money. Well, yes, we will.
0: Yes, we will. And and the reason this is all happening. And again, we touched on this a little bit with Mitch, but we can lay it out a little bit more cleanly now with you. Number one, the games in the playoff are terrible. Number two, the same teams are winning the championship every year. Uh, number three, entire cross-sections of the population. The entire Pac-12, for example, is just not interested in the sport after October any, lo- any longer. Hasn't mm-hmm. been for a while. A lot of, con- a lot, Even teams in the SEC, the bottom half of the SEC, what are they playing for after they lose their third or fourth game or even second or third game? There's too much apathy in the sport. Uh, bowl, no, people don't care about the bowl system anymore, which I'm, yeah. actually, I'm actually okay with. So the reason all this stuff is coming, oh, name, image, and likeness is coming. Mm-hmm. which is going to help compensate players. So there's a lot of forces at play here, not just, Oh, by the way, we can all make a little bit more money after a budget tightened pandemic season. So that's sort of why it's happening. You know, when it's happening, it's probably not going to happen. Oh, on the for fly, a few, yeah. It's probably not going to happen for a few no. years. That's sort of why it's happening. I, I don't know why the sec Greg Sankey, the coaches, the ads, and the presidents would not be the loudest people out on the stump campaigning for this. If I am them, This helps my league more than it helps anybody else. We're going to make more money on it than anybody else. We're going to get more teams in than anybody else. We can sell it to recruits on the trail like better than we do already, and we already do it better than anybody else. I don't know why they're not out there beating the drum as loud as possible until this gets done.
1: I think they will be. Um, I'm sure there's a strategic way to do that because you don't want – you don't want it just be everyone already feels like the sec runs the show. And in a lot of ways that does happen. And a lot of that does come back to the fact that they were the front runner in terms of conference network. And then that will continue to expand as well, but it's going to, ultimately it's going to benefit everyone. And I will talk about this in a little bit too. I'm fine with it because I think it's going to put more players. I'm fine with it. If it is compensated for, in terms of or comp- players are compensated, and their in injury and amount of play and amount of contact is taken into account as they plan this out over the course of the next couple of years. I'd be I'd be pretty willing to say that I think it will be 2023. I, it's crazy what we can do when we're hustling. All of a sudden, you're making game schedules on the fly, planning games three, four days in advance this past season. So when they want to get things done.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they implement anything by that that quickly. I think the contract runs out at 2025, so I think they might come up with the concept and announce the concept by 2022. Or, but I doubt we're putting anything into place until after the the initial contract runs out in 2025, which still I guess is, that's
1: what I was me- meant, though. That's what they were talking about was the earliest we'd hear something final would be 2023, right?
0: Yeah. And, that, and listen, I. I'm surprised it's moved this fast. Frankly, it took us like a, it took us what felt like a hundred years to get the playoffs. So, uh, and the BCS before that college, college football, not exactly the fastest sport in in the country. And, and what's funny is when I ask you, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you, you know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is trying to create more joy, (laughs) just more fun, more excitement, better games, you know, a, a more balanced sport where more teams are competitive. Like that's all the things that come to mind for me, like as a, sort of looking through the the, the blinders of the college football fan. And the reason you say money is not necessarily like the reasons you say that I'm guessing are because of the players, right? Like you think money, not because, oh, coaches are going to get rich and schools are going to get rich and TV people are going to get rich. It's, oh, there's all this money that's floating around. It's going to get even bigger and who's doing all the work, right?
1: Yeah. I, that, that's, that's very well said and exactly what I meant with, the with great power comes great responsibility kind of thing with when the dollar signs are this big, I think about money first. Cause I'm like, how is that going to be fairly distributed and how are the players going to be taken into account? And are you going to be pushing harder to make players play more rather than considering the safety of adding two or three games on a player's body, especially one, whether or not you go on to play in the league, there's still long-term repercussions of playing this sport at this level. So yeah, I think, I think of money because it makes me think of the responsibility that comes with that money and who that responsibility is owed to.
0: Yeah. I, and, and scheduling is going to be a big deal with this because name image and likeness is going to happen first and that's, that's coming quickly. And that's a good thing for the athlete. And what I think you could do is if it's like, all right. Every time a team gets a playoff berth, like maybe there's money that goes into a trust as a bonus, right. Or something Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of different ways you could do it without making them sort of quote unquote employees. If you made them employees and they just paid them, it would solve all the problems and you could sort of create whatever format you want. Um, I personally kind of like the 12 team format. I think the 18 format is going to be the format that eventually is, is what takes place. I don't think six is a big enough swing, but each of these different formats creates positives and negatives. And, once you get to a 10 or a 12 team playoff, you're adding three or four weeks, if not you know, four weeks extra of football. You might have to cut off a, a regular season game. You're, you're talking about a lot of extra work and just wear and tear on the body that while you're also asking people to go to class and, you know, like pass tests and stuff. And um, so I think there there's ways you can make the money trickle down, but it's going to have to, I think there's far more eyes on it now than ever before,
1: as there should be. And again, the people, there need to be, people involved in this conversation that are the ones lining up and getting hit every mm-hmm. single week. And I think those guys, a everybody wants the joy of championships. Like you want to be able to like do awesome things with your teammates, whether or not you're going to go on and play um, or whether that's your concern is like scouts having their eyes on you, but it's, it's the higher ups responsibility to get those voices heard and then to not just do it for show, but to actually listen to what they're saying.
0: Taxation without representation, right? Like at least mm-hmm. even a seat at the table, to have a voice. Um, you're not, we know you're not going to listen to the voice, at least let them say what they have to say though. Um, <laughs> NCAA. All right, let's, let's, let's lighten the mood here and to sort of let our minds wander into sort of like playoff fantasy land, sec playoff fantasy land. And the first question I want to ask you on this, before we get to Mitch light of the athletic coming up in just a second is two sec teams are playing in a playoff game. It doesn't matter if it's a quarterfinal round or semifinal they're playing in a playoff game. I'm assuming the national championship will stay in a neutral field, just like the Super Bowl. I can't imagine that changes. I could argue that it should be at the Rose Bowl every year, make it like Omaha and, and put it in the same place every year, the most beautiful place in college football. But you got two SEC teams in one SEC stadium playing in a college football playoff game, which two teams and what stadium are you, or do you want to see Aaron the most and, and forget like the rosters this season or the coaches just assume that these two teams are great and it's going to be awesome.
1: We're forgetting all the the stupid stuff, like all the off the field, stupid stuff, slash, you know, things that shouldn't be happening, slash breaking rules, slash sexual assault.
0: <laughs> wow. That, that escalated quickly.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'd love to see LSU Florida play at the Swamp, but at I don't, I'm kind of mad at LSU, sorry, in Death Valley. <laughs> In the swamp. I meant in Death Valley, honestly. Either either would be yes. Yeah, that it is. Either of those would be awesome. I would want to see Florida, LSU in Death Valley. I'm just a little bit mad at LSU right now, but
0: I hear you.
1: All of that (laughs) to the side, um, yeah, that would be killer. Although I will say Florida, Tennessee, and Nealand would be pretty awesome.
0: Uh, I'm I'm just gonna say it's it's swampy literally and figuratively down there right now in Baton Rouge. Um, listen, it's hard to argue against LSU. I think LSU and Penn state are the two best home sort of extravaganzas that for, for, for whatever reasons (laughs) that you could possibly have. I I think a LSU Georgia game in Athens would be incredible. Um, I I do think that Florida at Tennessee that that used to have so much value when I was a kid growing up that in the nineties in particular, Tennessee, Florida, like was the thing in the sec. It wasn't Bama. So and by the way, I should say without we removed Bama from this equation, I didn't have to mention it, and we didn't even talk about them. A and M at LSU might be in my vote because they're so close together, and we've seen some really wild showdowns between those two teams. That that could get a vote for me.
1: They're different kinds of crazy, those two.
0: Yeah, Auburn at LSU. I mean, A and M would be insane. Like ideally, what would be better for A and M actually is not two SEC teams, but a texas at texas a&m game in the playoff would be completely batshit crazy
1: Mm -hmm. they're the same type of crazy and then ls to me lsu florida are the same type of crazy and i don't even know if i can put those crazies into words but i think they hate each other more because (laughs) of that
0: all right so you're saying lsu hosts florida in a playoff game that's your number one i will go with I can't use Bama. I would say like Bama at Tennessee would be really would good. Would you though?
1: You have, you can pick anything you've seen Bama.
0: I know I'm not going to pick Bama. I know. I'm not. Okay. i Well,
1: yeah, it's, it's good to leave them out. They're going to, the problem is no you what. already
0: said LSU. So I'm trying to go a little different here. I, I think I'm not, it, it has to be either Athens or Newland stadium or, you know, college station, Jordan Hare, One of those four, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Florida at Tennessee you know, right mm-hmm. to play for the national championship. Cause that's kind of what happened in the nineties for so long. And we need yep. to get back. We need to get back to that. But like, tell me that Georgia's playing at a and and the winner goes to the natty. Like, come on, that's insane. That would be, that would be incredible. Like Georgia, at, Georgia at Auburn. Like
1: what do you think would be the most, not trying to shift gears too quickly, but what do you think would be the most exciting SEC and group of five oh, game? Man. And where
0: I don't know what the I don't know what the I don't think there's any rivalries that are big enough. Um, what about like
1: Georgia, Georgia?
0: That's not a group of five. No, that's not Georgia a group Tech of five. is a power five. I could think a ton of those though. I can think of like again like Texas, Just like Texas rivalry, A&M, yeah, like like Nebraska at Tennessee. Like that that would be that would be crazy. Florida, 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 Florida right. State. You know any like of the Miami. rivalry ones? Yeah. I'd love to see
1: Wisconsin. I, I mean, okay, so but we'll, we'll go back to it. What have you had to do? SEC versus group of five and i know that'll probably not know. be in truly like, close game but like what would be exciting
0: well right now <laughs> actually ironically boise state at auburn because
1: mm-hmm. the head
0: because the head coach <laughs> so that's a good one that that might be interesting now but again that's sort of taking into account the current state of affairs you know ucf at tennessee you know because of the because of the coach like yep. there's some coaching stuff that makes it interesting there's not that's a true. lot of like There's not a lot of rivalries from the G5 up to the P5 with the SEC
1: involved. I know there's a lot of other ones. I can think of a lot of ones that don't involve an SEC team.
0: Well, and there's more in other leagues, even like Cincinnati, Ohio State, because they're both in Ohio and Cincinnati's Mm -hmm. really good. Like there's even some in other states like Tulsa and Oklahoma. Those two would be good. You know, Houston versus Baylor, like though they used to play in the same league. Like there used to be like there's some stuff that's overlapping elsewhere, but the SEC has sort of just been the SEC for so long
1: that mm-hmm. like they don't
0: even have a lot of G five stuff. I mean, no. honestly, like like UAB versus Bama, like is that is that gonna do it for you?
1: <laughs> probably not, but just interesting <laughs> to think about. Yeah. I mean, growing up
0: I mean, Memphis Ole Miss is probably the best one, actually. Now that I think about it.
1: That's I mean, that's the one that comes to mind first for me because You know, I mean, I've, I've watched that game many, many a time, but there aren't, there really aren't many in the, in the sec.
0: Actually, that might be the best sec G five rivalry that there is. Although Memphis and Tennessee have a little bit of history too.
1: They do. What's it specifically in, well, not really kind of, we, I mean, we love to Memphis fans, you know, you beat beat Peyton. (laughs) We I mean, the, the, Newspapers framed on my wall <laughs> in my parents' house, but yeah, there's not,
0: I mean, all the people that run the university of Alabama and Auburn tried to cancel UAB football. So if UAB football one time in the playoff game, like upset Auburn or Alabama, like it would be, it would be so epically insane. Like the stories that were written about would be written about that would be incredible. So they would. I mean, there's, there's, we could fabricate some stuff. Again, the whole point of this is to let your mind wander into what could be a, a first round matchup that we would never normally get, that now we're going to get that maybe doesn't decide the national championship because they're probably not good enough, but it's still going to give us a really great, entertaining product. And that, that's what expansion is going to give us.
1: It is so. fun to think about. We can dream.
0: We, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I agree. God. Auburn at LSU for the right to play for the national title. Sign me up, man.
1: Sign- cool. There'd be, a f- it'd be fun to, it's, there's so many good SEC environments that it's hard to pick what would be the most fun because I mean the swamp is crazy too, but so is Athens and so is Neyland and so is Death Valley and like
0: Arkansas and South Carolina don't even get any respect in this conversation and they both deserve it.
1: You mean from stadium perspective?
0: Yeah, like they don't get any respect in this conversation and they deserve to get some respect in this conversation.
1: South Carolina was one of the funnest games I've ever been to. Sandstorm yeah. and the towels and yeah feel like the whole building's gonna collapse so i mean yeah.
0: Ar- arkansas is no different arkansas you get like 75 80 thousand renovated the stadium view. the woo pig suey like the whole deal like it's no joke they used to play national championships in arkansas you know like no no joke on that one uh, all right so again we'll have a lot more information on this we'll talk a lot of nfl draft next week on the show just wanted to sort of You know, wet the whistle a little bit here in the beginning because Mitch Light's going to handle a lot of heavy lifting as he usually does. So we're going to go into a lot of different format stuff. What are the things that the the committee needs to consider? The fans need to consider as we continue to talk about expansion in the playoff uh, as well. So when we come back, our conversation with the Athletics' Mitch Light. Fringe Element is brought to you by
1: Jasper's. Your favorite neighborhood. Oh, damn it. I don't have anything.
0: That's pretty good. You were, the, you were close. You're you close. Favorite...
1: Why do I use that weird faux British accent when I do this? It's like proper. <laughs> it's your the Vanderbilt. favorite it's neighborhood the Van... <laughs> gathering spot of the ages. Like, why am I speaking that way? <laughs> I, I, I hate it.
0: I don't have answers for these questions. I, I would like to think it's the Vanderbilt degree that you have.
1: Dun, 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 dun. i think of that song when someone says vanderbilt degree
0: isn't that the graduation song
1: Yeah, I did graduate.
0: So that's good. Okay. Well, congratulations. That's good. Uh, Go to Jasper's free parking. Great happy hour, great menu there. They've got some new menu items. Uh, They just recently announced that. So make sure you go check out the new menu. They got a couple of new items. And if you're going to be the next evolution of the sports bar, it's probably smart that you evolve. And that's what Deb Paquette has done with the menu uh, evolving a little bit, making some tweaks. Of course you can order the gold standard cocktail, which leads me to my first question that, that uh, Adam Bingham of the Gold Standard Podcast on the 440 Sports Network wanted to ask you. I think he was trying to start a fight with you about this. and I yeah, don't I know he was. I don't know if it works or not.
1: I don't even know the question yet, and I know he's trying to start a fight with me.
0: Yeah, 100%. His question is, because he basks in the glory of his own cocktail at a at a bar, named after a podcast that he's on, and his question is, would you rather have no cocktail at all or a mocktail that has no alcohol in it?
1: I hate this question so. And much.
0: I, I think he thinks he's being cheeky. Yeah,
1: no, is he, I know. he, I don't really know where he's going with this, but I mean.
0: But I don't like the I don't like the answers either.
1: I don't, I don't really like, want a mocktail, but mm, can they serve a shot of tequila with it, like on the side? No,
0: no, it's a mocktail or no cocktail at all. Which one do you want? I would go with mocktail just simply out of selfish branding purposes.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's fine i don't really want to call it a mocktail because i don't want to act like i'm like trying to live up to like that i'm half of what y'all are
0: well no it's not half it's you have none of it <laughs>
1: yeah it's the drink without the alcohol it's definitely half right or would less. you like
0: to co- co- come to jaspers i don't you know like, what
1: i don't have to answer this question because adam Vingan is not the boss of me or jaspers
0: <laughs> come to jaspers where you can drink a virgin Aaron dugan
1: <laughs> have you been planning that
0: no that just happened
1: I don't believe you. That just happened. Yeah, that'd be a treat. <laughs> oh fuck, my parents are going to listen to this.
0: Oh, 31
1: speak, It's fine. Everything's speaking
0: fine. Speaking of speaking of parents, you had a wonderful idea. Oh. You you had a wonderful idea to help, to do nice things for our moms.
1: <laughs> Why? Why did you You have to plan that because you transitioned straight to not. Mother's I Day. I
0: did not. This is I listen, I've I've been, oh, this, I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. All right. There's
1: Happy Mother's box. Day, ha- Happy Mother's Day, Mom. She still loves me by the ninth. It's gonna be a Christmas miracle. Well,
0: I'll just get her a nice gift. Uh, Jasper's is gonna give away a nice gift for Mother's Day. Why don't you tell all the folks about your idea?
1: Yes, we're giving away a Mother's Day gift basket from the Jasper's Grab and Go Market, which is has everything from like, Nashville souvenirs to clothes to charcuterie boards to go. Drink stuff to pick up for it's 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 more than a grab and go market. It's like a full on store, it's Nashville souvenirs and trinkets, etc., and food. But we packed a Mother's Day basket slash Jasper's bag um, to give away to whoever submits the best craziest picture of their mom for Mother's Day. And there's a lot of cool stuff in there. And you should try to win it because it'll save you money, and your mom slash wife will be excited.
0: Just get us a photo of your mom being crazy in front of our faces. On any of the social platforms, just do that.
1: Um, that's all you have to do. Yeah, we'll take it anywhere. You can DM it if you're afraid she's gonna get mad at you, and you don't want to go ahead and tweet it out now. Just DM it to us, and we'll tweet it out when you win.
0: We got a couple of of uh, of responses already. We got we got we've got a leader in the clubhouse because someone sent us a video of their mom dancing in like an official team video, and it's gonna be hard to beat that. It's pretty yeah,
1: good. we're and that's allowed.
0: Pretty good. You can send anything you want. Just your mom yeah. being crazy as a fan. We'll pick the winner. We'll announce it next week on the episode. And we will mail a gift basket from Jaspers to your mom.
1: Are you going to find a picture of your mom?
0: I have one. Yeah, I could, I could post a picture of my mom in, a, in some, green, some of, green Bay Packers gear.
1: I found one of my mom. It's sports themed. She's not being crazy, but we can post those, those two as only- inspo.
0: Yeah, the only thing my mom uh, supports really is the Packers. That's the only thing she kind of supports. She doesn't really care about any of it, but she supports the Packers. She'll work Packers gear when she's at Lambeau Field.
1: My mom's so. like a, has totally divided. Memphis then had a Vandy and a Tennessee, so she's just like yeah. the tri-state warrior.
0: What she should do is get a logo for her with each of the three stars in Tennessee, a different color. Like a, That's like a, a really good idea. Like actually. a gold one, an orange one, and a blue one, and then have that be the sticker on her car.
1: She, don't, she won't put stickers on her but She might wear a sweatshirt.
0: Or what about a license plate? Or a sweatshirt, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I like that idea. That's <laughs> and, good you idea have to, and you'd
0: have to really get it to get it, right?
1: You'd have to really get it to get it.
0: Yeah. But I think it would work. Like, you got the gold. You know, not gold like Predators gold, but like Vandy gold.
1: Th- did you just explain that to me?
0: Well, not you. I'm explaining it to our audience. Okay. Because if you're a Nashville Predators fan, they brand audience. they brand gold. And gold is a very different color than the Vandy gold. It's just they're very it different.
1: It is. It is. He's, he's not wrong.
0: Hey, 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 Nashville Predators, your 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 gold is actually just yellow. I'm sorry. It's my youngest daughter's favorite color though, so you got that going for you. Go to Jasper's free parking. Which is nice. Great food. We love you, Jaspers. Mitch, welcome to the show. Good to see you. Always a pleasure to have you on the pod. How are you, friend? Friend,
2: I'm doing quite well, friend. Thank you for having me. Always, uh, you know. Get excited when I get that text. Can you come on the show tomorrow? And then I text you right back, and it takes you forever to text me back.
1: That we're millennials, right? Yeah. I normally need five to eight business days to get back to a text, but yeah,
0: if if Mitch, if you think it's bad for me, just just try working with Aaron. Well, I'm maybe it
1: depends on who's texting now. me. Yeah,
0: like last night, you texted me while I
2: was out uh, to dinner, first sit-down dinner in probably 14 months uh, with my wife, celebrating our anniversary, and I got a text from Braden. And I was like, you know what? That can wait for 15
0: minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Happy ever Nursery to you and your wife.
2: Thank you very much.
0: All right. So we're here to talk about expansion. We're here to talk about playoff formats and the positives and the negatives for the SEC, all the different things that happen. But before we get into all the details and the minutia and all the things that go into the conversations that are probably taking place in some dark, smoky rooms right now. um,
2: I don't think there's smoky rooms anymore. You
0: can't smoke inside. That's a fair point. Uh, they're just vape, vape filled rooms at this point is what they are. Um, so they, they buried this press release on a Friday afternoon, obviously on purpose and like deep into the press release, they're like, Oh, 63 different options are being considered. And we'll go through all the details of that, Mitch. But I first just wanted to get your thoughts because you and I have talked for years about expansion. I know you have always been pro expansion. I have been anti, I have come around on that now for a variety of reasons. What were your first thoughts when you saw the release and read through the information and thought, "Oh, this is happening." I said, "Cool." As a, you know, as someone who was
2: pro expansion, not like passionately pro expansion, but you know, we the last time we probably officially talked about it was probably on a pod, you know, a year and a half ago, and we are now a year and a half further into the same four or five teams every year so i've become even more pro expansion since then because of that so i thought it was cool i think i you know i'm pretty easy going i'm not like saying it has to be eight has to be 12. i have thoughts on what would be better uh but i just I'm, I'm pro expansion for a lot of reasons so i thought it was the type of thing that they don't float out there unless they're seriously considering and then as the reporting has gone on i don't know if you saw today I think it was Andy Staples and and Stuart Mandel at the athletic had a very uh, well reported story, talking to commissioners, talking to people who, who who know that this type of stuff and it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when.
1: The first thing we have to ask, or I have to ask Mitch to get a frame of reference is what you think it should be going to. How many teams do you think it should be expanded to and why?
2: I haven't put a ton of thought on my preferred format. Um, Eight, you know, I six isn't enough, and that doesn't—I don't know—it doesn't sound like that's probably a real consideration. Um, at least eight, I would be pro uh, automatic bids, and I know this. Braden has been staunch—correct me if I'm wrong, Braden—but has been staunchly anti-automatic bid in recent past. But I think that was more because the field was small, and you didn't want to leave out a deserving team. But if if you've got a five and three florida team that upsets alabama and gets that auto bid under a larger format whether it be eight teams 10 teams 12 teams whatever alabama's getting in any anyway. not stealing a bid from a better more deserving team because someone got went five and three and got a few breaks in the championship game so um i think it adds a lot you know pe- the argument that it cheapens the regular season i mean everyone has arguments thoughts i disagree because if there's automatic bids and then been, then the regular season means a lot so um you know i i think any expanded format will work my only concern is that the more games you go to like i I think the 16 team format that that fcs previously won double a is great but how many games can we expect these guys to play now it doesn't affect every team obviously just the only two teams playing the championship game only four teams playing a final four of course but you can't expect these college guys in a very violent game to be playing 15, 16 games. But um, so I I think there's a lot of different things that can
0: work. So we'll we'll get to uh, the player compensation conversation is a huge, huge part of this. The financial angles of all this scheduling, geographic locations, we'll we'll get to all that, but let's stay with the format and you're, you're right. I've been anti auto bid for a while, unless you make the automatic bids more valuable. And as it pertains to the sec, Uh, that means and I think this applies to all leagues I want to get rid of the divisions and I don't know like I want one and two to play in the conference championship game therefore the automatic bid is a far more worthy automatic bid than if you've got a I I don't know like I I don't disagree but
2: let me let me play devil's advocate and
0: I might there might be a plenty of examples
2: how many times in a power five league has a there been an upset, a really an undeserving, not undeserving, but like a, a five and three ish or six and two team
0: upset the the top five team. Like you're you're just using conference record. I mean, eight eight and five Wisconsin won the Big Ten because Ohio State was ineligible just a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah. So, okay, but I know I, I'm just I'm just thinking this through as we're doing. It. I'm just saying like under my example before the five and three Florida team we can use as an example, being an eight, no Alabama team, but that really doesn't happen. Um, but I I'm, I'm fine with no, but division. why
0: even give that, but why even give that a chance to happen? why would six so, and six Pittsburgh be eligible one game away when a team that's a ele- like Alabama second place in the West when they actually won the national championship, it, you know, if that had been, that was Georgia, Auburn, Alabama that year. It, I think that was, yeah. Okay. I, I don't,
2: I don't disagree. I guess in some way it kind of holds on to a little bit, tradition in the sec like the big 12 who cares the league's only been around since 96 and they've 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 lost teams they were down to 10 like the sec who cares you know (laughs) the sec winning the sec east means something winning the sec west means something you 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 i'm and i'm not i'm just being devil's advocate here i'm just saying like if you're in the sec west and you're alabama or you're you're a mississippi state fan you're playing the same teams every year there's better rivalries now i get it stinks that you you if you're texas a&m you might not play georgia for 10 years so Um, you know, there's no perfect way to do scheduling and decide a champion in a 14 team conference with eight regular season games. It's just not, there's not a great way. So I would lean towards your suggestion of no, no divisions, but I I just don't get as a big 12 championship game is fun, but I like a championship game that pits division winners. It's like, you won your division. What's the next step where, Oh, you finished second. Now you get to play the first place team that you already played two weeks ago. See what I'm saying? I mean, you don't have to agree. And I don't even know if I agree with myself. I'm just kind of thinking. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's a great line. Well, and then that leads and without even feel like we're not answering anything because there are no answers, but that also leads to if you have the automatic bid and Braden, you've thought through this a lot, so maybe you can help clarify, but you, you get the automatic bid and then as a, as like say SEC team, you're gonna want as a conference to give yourself the best chance to have two teams in there. So down the line, how does that start to affect scheduling? Like this is like it's gonna get really really messy. And obviously, schedules
2: are done so far in advance not but, in college football that you, you you can't you can't schedule your way into to more pitches, winning. I know, as a, but you know SEC. Let's be honest. If if it goes to eight ten teams, we're not we. But the league's not thinking let's get two teams
0: in the leagues like let's get three teams in Um,
1: yeah
2: so i don't know how four teams five
0: teams so there's 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 one 12 team format where if you look back a couple years ago they would have had five teams in the top i think it was i think the
2: the athletic story i think it was 2012 they they projected five teams in. so um yeah i don't know you'd have to look at all the scenarios where if having just no divisions versus having two divisions lends itself to, to more teams in um who knows but uh yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of different possibilities, but I think without a doubt, the SEC is looking at multiple, more than two teams every year. That's the goal.
0: Staying on the format, because I agree with you that six teams doesn't really solve the problem, right? Like right. the problem is, is that a few teams coalesce at the top of the sport are winning everything. And really all expansion is doing is tricking people into thinking that they have a chance when really it's just going to be Bama Clemson of the time competing for the championship anyway. But it does create far more, like the reason this is all happening is games are bad um attendance is going down entire conferences in the sport don't feel like they're involved past october and that's all bad for the sport and so this sort of thing on top of making more money for people is that's why this is all happening and so i I look at six teams and i go i don't think it solves the problem i think eight will be what they settle on but i actually will go if you're going to take a swing at it i believe in taking the big swing and i i actually like 12 And I like 12 because it gives a lot of different teams different things to play for. You can have a bye week. You could have a home playoff game. You could be getting into the playoffs and you could sort of have these different accomplishments that teams could be shooting for. And that's why I like 12. That's my personal opinion. Give me a little bit more. I know you said you hadn't spent a lot of time on it, but right now, if you were completely in charge, what format do you think is the right format? Well, I'm going to push back
2: a little bit on something you said about tricking people into thinking they have a chance. To win a national title, yes. But if you reset the playoff to eight, reaching the playoff is going to be the goal of so many more programs. It's an amazing season if you reach the playoff. I'm going to compare it to a sport that we both like a lot, college baseball. Getting to Omaha, eight teams. You can have a program that goes to Omaha four times in a 12-year period. Sure, you want to win a national championship. I get that. But the fans love it. The coach is highly successful. You know, the boosters are happy, all that. The school's happy because they're getting to the promised land. Same thing in college football. If you have – if that's a more attainable goal for programs like Iowa, who came within one game of it one year, that, you know, is Iowa going to win a national title under the current landscape? Probably not. But, hey, Iowa could make a playoff. They could make two playoffs in ten years. I I think that is something much – sure, that – again, they're not going to win it all. So you're not really that. That's tricking. all I'm saying. To me, it helps solve the recruiting issue, which is another part of it, which is like, and I follow recruiting more than I ever have just because of my, my job now and working with our recruiting writer, Ari, you know, everyone knows the number. If you follow us, so it's like 55 of the top hundred guys went this year, went to five schools. They go to those schools cause they want to win a national title and they want to make the playoff. They want to go to the NFL, all that. But if more schools can say, Hey, if floor, let's add Florida to that mix. Now, Florida can say, Hey, we've been in the playoff two times in the past three years, Florida's going to get maybe one or two of those guys who are going to Georgia and that trickles down. So I do, will it solve the, the, the problem? No, but it will help a lot. It will disperse the talent. In my opinion, I think it'll do a lot over the next 10 years to disperse the talent. So to specifically answer your question, I've always thought eight would be a great number because you could have five conference champs then uh, maybe the group of five champ and two at large. But I think that's almost when that was like the suggestion when it didn't appear. That's like, if your parents say you can stay out to nine, you are my daughter, let's say you can stay out to 11. She asked for 12. <laughs> my parents are The parents are now saying you can stay out to 12. Okay. So let's stay out to three. So they're, they're showing <laughs> that they're willing. There's, there's a, there's a give and take here. So why stop at eight? I think 12 is a good number. I love the, I love the incentives that you mentioned. Yeah, like it's great to make the playoffs, but if you even do even better, if you have one loss instead of two losses or zero loss instead of one loss, you get that buy. Then you get a home playoff game. So it really keeps all these games so important.
1: First thing I agree with, Mitch, is the what having that the larger playoff will do, like Omaha, for example, is that is a feat in and of itself. If you can create that magic around the college football playoffs of just getting to Omaha. Um, is a big achievement. I guess just like for a lot of teams in March Madness, just getting there is a big deal, but Omaha has something special about it being one of those eight. However, when we talk about, uh, you know, in a larger sense, I just don't know about the buy in this sport. I think it's such a large advantage with how physical it is that I don't know if I like the idea of somebody getting a buy, because I think that could have much, much larger effects than, you know, with baseball, you're able to play two out of three in supers and actually get a good read on who's the best. Well, you take let one team pass an entire week in a playoff scenario. I think that's a huge advantage.
2: in the NFL, they're doing the NFL. It's a it's a it's a reward, and um, uh, you know, this is a really weird example, but like you're you're rewarding the teams that were dominant throughout the year by giving <laughs> them that. Look at like conferences like the OVC in basketball. They have these settings where. The top two seeds get buys all the way to the semifinals. So let, let all those other teams play games at 3 o'clock in the afternoon to, to, to advance. We are setting something up where the best team in our league throughout the season is very well positioned. And that's what you're doing here. You're saying, Alabama, you've, you went 12-0. and 0. You get a bye. Let these other teams fight it out on a Saturday while you get a scout some more. Nick Saban can go recruit because he gets mad when he can't recruit when they're still playing. So um, I don't have a problem with the buy.
0: I I see both, though, because I see Aaron's point, too, because that is a big part of this equation, especially my idea with 12 teams, which is four weeks of playoffs, which is an additional week than all the other options. All the other options are three weeks of playoffs, so it does add, which we'll get to what that does to the regular season scheduling in just a second versus ticket holders and player compensation and all that other stuff, but the 18 playoff solves that problem. The 18 playoff, there is no bye week, um, and it does create, I'm assuming, and I don't know, you tell me what you think about this, I just don't see how it's possible that all their golfing buddies that run these bowl games that have no affiliation with anybody except for themselves and, and, and bank accounts deserve to get all of these games. So I'm assuming we're going to have to go to some sort of, you know, geographic home sites and imagine if you could get rid of like Austin P in a 55, nothing game for Alabama. And all of a sudden you give season ticket holders the rights to buy you know, <laughs> the first access to playoff tickets at Brian Denny Stadium. All of a sudden, you've got interest for tickets going way up, which is something athletic directors care a whole lot about. So, in your perfect world, Mitch, geographically, locationally, what does the let's say it's an 18 playoff? What does the format look like on where and when and how they play these games? Oh,
2: I, I agree with you on the um, home playoff games being kind of a, a an incentive for people to buy season tickets and offsets the loss of a losing a game if you have to go to 11 games because of this as you know go back from 12 to 11 which they had played not too long ago and then I think it was in the, the athletic story today too that schools that really have no chance of going to the playoff the bottom teams in a group of five in a power five conference they're losing a home game but they're getting so much more revenue anyway that it will, it will offset that but to specifically answer yeah I, I'm in favor of if we go eight the, the first rounds at home and then you go back to you know the current structure, so to speak, you pick some bowl, you, you, you pick. So we're, we're now the new year six bowls and, and you play the semifinals in new Orleans and, and Phoenix or Glendale one year. And then, you know, the Rose bowl another year, I think they can figure that out and keep those bowl. the keep, keep the, the, the big name bowl games that, that have been so successful throughout the years. I think, now, if you go to 12, then, then, then you've got two rounds at home. But I, I think they'll find a way to play the semifinals and the championship games at the same sites that have been hosting them since the playoffs started.
1: And I'm even I'm in favor of it being, you know, home sites. And I, I kind of went back and forth was, oh, does it just need to be in the home city? Like, could you play, you know, at Cowboy Stadium or, you know, whatever? Does this need to be close to home as the advantage or do, and you can put more people in there or should I, it actually be in the team stadium? But I would say as an in, incentive for the school to stay up and make sure their players have the best facilities and, you know, locker rooms and stadium, I think it makes sense to do it. At the home stadium, so that the players are benefiting from that playoff.
2: I think it's just a revenue thing that if you 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 want to give those schools the incentive to host and and host another home game, especially if they go from twelve to eleven games. Now I doubt that might not happen. Um, Yeah. But I think it's just it's it's an it's a huge incentive for a school to be able to host a playoff game, and you know we we love. This is sort of a tangent, tangential conversation. we love – we love arguing about the playoff, the 14 playoff, because it's so all or nothing. Like you make it or you don't imagine in an 18 playoff, imagine the debate for teams four and five. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it can't be like if Ohio state's four and Clemson's five, well, that means they both. Well, it it was, it was
0: Notre Dame A&M last year. And we thought they were the same team on paper. Right. And so, ima- so now, imagine, imagine Aggies getting a home playoff game versus bitching about having to go on the road to play Notre Dame in December. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it is the
2: stakes couldn't have been higher last year because it's like playoff or nothing. But it's almost as high, you know, getting getting a home playoff game financially, giving yourself a chance to win. So that will be, well, the 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 debate for four or five would be almost as great as the debate for yeah. eight,
0: nine, and ten is that that last team in the coaches in the SEC because the SEC will benefit the most from expansion. They they already get the most teams into a four team playoff. They will get the most teams into pick a number playoff six, eight, 12, 10, 16, whatever the coaches on this. This is what I, this is the one thing I think that's pushing some of this as well. It's not just TV money, but if you're the, if you're Mark stoops at Kentucky who has no shot at making the playoff, Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. I mean, some of these guys that have no, you know, even Kiffy at, at Ole Miss, no chance to make the playoff as it is currently constructed, but maybe there's an outside chance they can make the playoff. If it goes to eight or 10 or 12, it's just like extra bowl games in their contracts. The incentives for coaches to beat the drum on this and expand the playoff has to be off the charts, in particular in the SEC.
2: Yeah, I think Florida is a great example, too. Dan Mullen is a... Well, we, anyone who's listened to us over the years, we don't need to talk about uh, our love of Dan Mullen. But, like, Florida fans, all they care about is making the playoff and winning a national championship. He could have 10 straight top 10 seasons five straight top five seasons, but they don't care if he doesn't make the playoff. Dan Mullins' life is miserable because he's had doesn't have made the playoff. Well, in an eight-team playoff, Dan Mullins made the playoffs four times in seven years or whatever. So, yeah, it affects both. It affects the the solid mid-tier programs that are, you know, top 40-ish, top 30 programs that sneak into the top 25 or even the top 15 or top 10 every few years. The old Miss is the world, Kentucky, Missouri, but it also helps the – so-called blue bloods those dna program championship dna programs that we talk about that might be stuck behind the program in their own division like a michigan a penn state that can win but aren't winning right now because they're stuck behind someone um it helps it helps basically everyone and for years you've heard coaches in sports basketball coaches even though there's 68 teams in the tournament but there's really only like 35 major conference teams bitch about football coaches oh my football coach at my school goes six and six goes to a bowl game and he gets a raise and everyone loves him. I went, you know, 21 and 13, had an RPI of 41, and I get into the NIT and I'm a loser, you know? So it it, it doesn't solve all that, but it it, it it creates more opportunities for coaches to, to have really successful seasons.
1: The reason I haven't thrown a fit over this expansion talk, had this name, image, and likeness thing not kind of come to a head before now, I would be going in ballistic because I'm not about to throw a party for like major networks and TV, even though I've worked in it, um, making a bunch of money before the players do. And I think it's especially important. This will help the diversification of talents. Um, Not only will name image and likeness do that being uh, Braden, and I talked about this before, you know, you're not going to make a, you're not going to get a contract as, you know, being benched third string at Alabama, but you might be as a starter at Vanderbilt. There's some marketing dollars there. So I do think it will help on that front. And Braden, did you want me to,
0: yeah. I mean, there are questions about like, again, the, the easiest way to solve player conversations is to make them paid employees. If you make them paid employees, you can make the playoff, whatever the hell you want it to be. But if you're talking about adding games, adding rounds, adding travel, adding X, Y, and Z, the revenue is going to keep going up. There has to be a conversation on top of name, image, and likeness mm-hmm. about what you're going to do with the players, Mitch. Yeah.
2: Dif- you know, I, I can't really, I haven't formed a solid opinion on this because it, it only affects like, it's only going to affect a few teams every year and will it affect the same teams. Maybe it will. And I don't know how much, I'm sure there's been some studies done, like maybe not, but like when I was in college, there when I was 11 games or like back. I think, yeah, when I was in the early, late eighties, early nineties, SEC teams were playing six games. Then it went to seven, went to eight. and And so like, have the studies been done on injuries when conference games went from six to seven to eight and regular season games went from 10, 11 to 12. So like, I, I don't know, does adding one game, is that really going to create more injuries? Now, it, every time you go on the football field, there's a chance to get injured. So of course I get that, but I'm thinking more of more of a cumulative thing. And, and guys, guys are, if they're going for a national championship, they're always going to want to play that next game. You're not going to see Ohio state line and be like, you know what? I've already played 13 games, dudes. I'm done. It's not like no one's going to opt out of a championship game. So Um, I know I'm not, I I agree that the name image likeness will help this. Like if they are, if they are getting, you know, they're not being paid by the school, but they are profiting from being a college football player. It's a lot easier to stomach this, all this, asking them to play more games while the TVs, TV partners make more money and the schools make more money. So kind of a long winded answer saying like, it's an issue, but to me, it's not, it's not going to be a stumbling block.
1: Well, you're also switching out like Presbyterian. like I mean, you have to think about who you're playing. You're switching out like Mt. I mean, you know, Presbyterian for potentially playing Ohio State, then Alabama. Like you're taking away like the easy. Easiest- That's what I was mentioning
2: earlier about maybe yeah. going from 12 games to 11 games, but right, you know, but like I, on one hand, I don't see that happening because why they why are teams going to give up a home game a game? But then the other hand, I, like I said before, which was mentioned in in, in the story in the athletic, in theory, there'll be more than enough money to make up for the loss of one home game. So uh, you know, these are a lot of details that will be hashed out in the future.
1: I would want to get paid. I think that it'll make everything way easier. (laughs) And obviously it would, I mean, when you're going, when you're looking at, it's hard to walk away from that because you want a championship and you want to contribute and your team has pressure and there's pressure from your city and your coaches to play, but... Up until now, and hopefully, this conversation continues. So, the option for payment and players is a lot more fair and in their favor. But you're still looking at okay, well, what if I it's more options to get hurt, and it could take you from first round to second round of NFL, second to third, and that money drops off exponentially. So, I mean, that conversation, as we know, will have to continue.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can get I mean, I'm not trying to be a wise ass here. You get hit, you know, you get hit by a bus walking across the street, and I'm not minimizing. Play, you know, there's it so could. much <laughs> luck involved. Like, for instance, at Vanderbilt, Dio Dingbo opted out of the last two games. Guy busted his ass for three years and eight games, played hard all season, didn't opt out. Teams 0 and 7 or 0 and 8. He opts out to get ready for the draft towards Achilles while at senior league practice. So, like, a se- senior bowl practice. So, it's like things just happen at weird times. Now, if that would have happened to an Ohio State guy in a bowl game, everyone would be going crazy. It happened to him preparing for the senior bowl. Yeah. So, Again, I mean, there there has been cases, you know, was it uh, Jalen Smith right at Notre Dame and and tight at Michigan a few years ago? So guys getting hurt in bowl games or, or, or playoff, but it's it's not like it
0: happens all the time. His name was Jake Butt. Um, yes, just make I just, sure I, wanna... I opted not to say that. Yeah, name. I just wanted to get the, the Jake Butt name onto the podcast. Two T's, um, right? I, I will say <laughs> well, yeah two T's. You can allow yourself to drift though, as a coll- just as a college football fan, especially of the SEC. You can allow your mind to because vi- this is also a big part of home sites. I don't want to see semifinals like you suggested, Mitch. I, I want to see him at home stadiums. And it just if you allow your mind to drift to Baton Rouge, Athens, Neyland Stadium, you just let your mind drift to these just epic locations for college football. And, and then you t- you say, "Oh, you know what? They may not win the national championship, but that but that six three matchup or that eight nine matchup or whatever." ends up being historically epic and it's Texas versus Texas A&M or it's Florida, Tennessee, or it's, you know, just you can allow your mind to drift into that territory. And it it pretty quickly goes from, I don't want to expand to, okay, I'm pretty interested in seeing all this stuff happen on television now. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to semifinal
2: games on campus. I mean, I think the first round's a gimme. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think this is a statement that 99% of college fans agree with. If Texas is playing LSU in week one, would you rather the game be in Baton Rouge or Austin or Dallas or Atlanta? Of course, you'd rather be a home site. It's just so much better. So playoff games, while we get excited for them and the environment's cool at the Georgia dome or whatever, there's nothing like being in a home college game in 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 a huge moment. Now, one thing that I don't, know for this to be a factor is weather? you know you're going to play a semifinal game the nfl doesn't the nfl does it they play a semifinal game and yeah and you know minnesota you know or every wherever. other sport every other sport does it yeah but most other sports are inside or well baseball's freezing in october but uh yeah so uh, again th- there's a lot of details to work through but i think it's exciting that we are inching towards this you know i don't know how long it's going to take. Some people speculate by 2000 soon as 2023. I don't know if it'll be that quick, but it's, uh, it's fun stuff. It's not, it's not like we're just talking about it on the radio or a podcast. Like they've got to change or they're never going to change. Well, I, I think we all think it's going to change. So now we're talking about legitimate hypothetical scenarios.
1: Well, and I think that after this year, especially for schools, athletic departments, budgetary reasons, like if there's a way to get this thing on the fast track to start bringing in more dollars, I bet it happens quicker than speculated.
2: Yeah. I mean, like a lot of schools that more about this past year can make decisions a little easier with a clear conscience, knowing that, Hey, in two or three years, you know, we're going to have 25% more revenue coming in so we can start this project or we can go out and do this for, we can build this locker room or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of, some schools, it was, were worse off than others, but you know, no, no, very few schools did, you know, got through this whole thing in in great shape.
0: Well, a couple minutes here. So I'll I'll let you go with this. Aaron and I talked about this earlier, but I want your answer to this question and that is two teams from the SEC, not named Alabama are going to play in a playoff game, what, whatever round, semifinal, quarterfinal, whatever. You can take two teams from the SEC and they're going to play in a home playoff game. Which two teams and where are they playing? Uh, Georgia and LSU and Baton Rouge. Is that, are you asking for a prediction or what game I'd want to no, see? No, no, no. Forget the year and the roster. I just mean... You, I mean, you, you're, pretty, you're pretty close to where I would fall to.
2: Yeah, I think Georgia... I mean, I, I'd want it to be in Baton Rouge. And... Georgia right now has so much talent, you know, Florida LSU has been a great rivalry, but right now Georgia's kind of, obviously, yeah, I know Florida won the division this past year, but Florida is the the premier program in the East. So I, I, Georgia at LSU,
1: Florida at LSU would be salty. uh, People watching would be better, (laughs) crazier, more people would be injured permanently or dead after that game, but it would be interesting.
0: Mitch, always a pleasure. The Athletic, you can follow him on Twitter at Mitch Light. Always a pleasure, my friend. Good to see your face. I miss you as always.
1: He's being really nice to you today, Mitch.
2: Always, we're we, very handsome, I very, very cordial. Respect each other professionally, personally, right, Brayden? Yep. Talk to you later, wow. bud.
0: Okay. Special. <laughs> Special thanks to Mitch Light of The Athletic for giving us a few minutes of his time. I don't know about you, Aaron, but when I, I want to have like random conversations about philosophical things that are happening in college football, I, uh, he's the guy I want to talk to.
1: So. He makes you think, because he he definitely always plays the devil's advocate, too. So you start saying something. He's like, let me tell you why that's stupid. And then he'll tell you why it's stupid. And then he's like, never mind. I don't even agree with myself, actually. <laughs> no.
0: He's like, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. I don't agree with myself, but I'm going to. It's just it's I love talking to that guy. Um, but that's what makes it fun. Talking, talking with Mitch Light. Follow him on Twitter at Mitch Light and pay for good journalism. Go to The Athletic and pay for good journalism. That's that's good stuff as well. What else you got for the good people here today, Aaron? Uh, send us your photos, right, for for your Mother's Day uh, gift basket from Jasper's. So make sure you do that. Enjoy the NFL draft. Um, yes. You know, all that good stuff. We'll talk a lot of draft next week on the show. I know you got some really good stories from the NFL I draft. Do. So do.
1: Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say it and manifest it without saying the actual name, but we're going to have one of my favorite people and special guest on next week.
0: I, I and... like putting the pressure on yourself. I like this move.
1: This oh, yeah. Good. Well, it's going to put it on him, too. So I'm going to then send him this clip. Be like, okay. this is, you know, but he, yeah, he, he'll be here and it'll be a lot of fun. And, um, I actually shared a draft day experience with him a couple of years ago. So we'll kind Ooh. of rehash that together. Super good, fun.
0: Good tease, Aaron Dugan. Good tees. Yeah,
1: Thanks, Brad. Like Brad that. Engel.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. And
1: that's, that's all I got. I'm excited for next week. And, um, I'm excited that it's sometimes 80 degrees in Nashville now. Cause I'm always cold.
0: It's already so hot. It's already so hot. All right. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show. We do appreciate it. Listen to all the other great shows from the 440 Sports Network as as well. Club and Country on Tuesday about Nashville SC. Gold Standard, of course, on Wednesday about the Predators. You got Lame Stream Sports coming out on Friday. This week, Robbie Boren, the head of Titans PR, is going to be on the show with us to discuss all the things that go on behind the scenes of an NFL draft inside the room of an NFL team, so make sure you check that out. The four forty out every single morning, the original short form daily sports podcast in Nashville. Um, where can people find you, Aaron?
1: Um, Aaron underscore Dugan on the gram and the Aaron Dugan on Twitter.
0: Uh, you can follow me at Braden Gall uh, on uh, on the Twitters uh, at four forty Sports on facebook and twitter at 440 media on instagram thank you to jaspers of course our wonderful sponsors for hanging out with us this week great happy hour go check them out go watch the draft there. huge preds game this weekend great great uh, drink specials and food specials during preds game. so go check that out this weekend as well for aaron dugan mitch light thank you always for joining us my name is brayden gall this has been fringe element on the 440 sports network
1: unfollow adam dingo